Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? Welcome back, everybody. I'm here at the podcasting table with my beautiful bride, Pastor Tanya. Hey, everybody. It was a typical service at Strong Tower this week, which, of course, means anything but typical. I always wonder what a new visitor thinks when they come to check out Strong Tower, because, you know, when you invite the Holy Spirit to get involved, you kind of learn to expect the unexpected. Right. We moved from a a beautiful prayer-filled send-off for one of our college students, where we practiced the fundamental doctrine of laying on of hands— to a full-blown worship experience, complete with words of knowledge, which was really awesome. They were given by some of our church family, and I hope to get those onto a podcast later on, maybe in a pearl or something. Awesome, awesome. It was a beautiful, beautiful time. Yeah, it would be great to kind of get that just in front of the believers. And then we ended all that with (laughs) the rock legend, Dee Snider, wailing everyone's favorite anti-establishment anthem, We're Not Gonna Take It. Yes. I think it was quite a shock. <laughs> it made sense in the end. Even even for the people that uh, are prepared to deal with our typical shenanigans, I think I think it was <laughs> a shock. Expect the unexpected. D. Snyder, unexpected. <laughs> I personally, I loved it. <laughs> I've never been a big fan, honestly, but I do like that one. <laughs> hey, if the shoe fits, right? If the shoe fits. So after all that goes down, you deliver this powerful message filled with direction humor, encouragement, even some, I would say, much-needed course correction for for believers. God's good, man. God is just too good. I mean, why are we there if we're not getting course corrected? Exactly, exactly. Uh, We're going to talk about that a little bit in greater detail on on Daily Bread tomorrow. But you you made a a play on or a comparison to this New Jersey rock band, Twisted Sister, in your message that you titled Twisted Christian, (laughs) which I loved. Gotta have fun. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. You did a great job on Sunday taking this whole thing apart, but can you just explain what it means to be a twisted Christian in in just a few words so we have some context going into our our conversations? Give us that that view from 30,000 feet. Being a twisted Christian, to me, it means not living in what God has for us and accepting a lie on us, and so we continue to live in that lie. Um, as you eloquently put it, living like a defeated Christian, not knowing we have the victory, so we're not living in victory. I think also like accepting less than, accepting the lesser than. Um, I had made reference in the message like uh, we don't get our hopes up because we're afraid of being dis- disappointed. So you started your message by recognizing the fact that most Christians aren't being used by God because of fear and feelings of inadequacy. And and you even brought us to the book of Hosea, Mm -hmm. where he says that God's people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. In fact, you said we, our friends, and our families are being robbed by what we don't know and and what we don't have access to. 
we're being robbed by these things that we don't know that we have access to. So like, if I don't know I have access to supernatural healing, I'm going to walk around unhealed. I'm going to walk around with some kind of infirmity on me. Um, if I don't know that I have access to the mind of Christ, I'm going to run around thinking I'm dumb all the time. I'm not going to trust my studies. I, I'm not going to trust my decision making, which will ultimately lead to just worse things. If I don't, if I don't trust that I'm a good decision maker, I'm going to trust other people's thoughts for me. And I'm not going to live in the fullness of what Christ has for me because I'm not listening for his voice. I'm listening for their voices. I'm going to be deceived. So we get robbed of so many things. Like our families get robbed because we're the ones sent to them. We could be praying for them. We could be speaking out over them. We could be commanding the atmospheres around them, um, speaking safety when they go off instead of fear. So yeah, we're, we're being robbed and we don't know that we're being robbed and that that is dangerous yeah absolutely it's like we're we're victims and we don't even realize that that we're that we are victims and we've lived in this victim mentality for so long that it's kind of become comfortable to us right we've accepted that um that that's just how it is and we don't we don't know that we're overcomers of that 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 thing might be a might be something that's in front of us now but we are overcomers. We are not meant to um, climb over these mountains like, oh, I just got to get over this mountain. I just got to get over this hilltop and then everything will be smooth sailing. That's not what God designed us for. We're designed to level them, which means we got to speak to these things. Right. So what are some, tell us uh, a few ways that we can kind of identify how, how we're being robbed. I think in ways that we're walking out of alignment with God. That's the best way to see how you're being robbed. What is not in alignment with what his word says that we have, what his word says that we are. If we're not walking in alignment with that identity, then there's something coming in us. We're being robbed of something. Exactly. And then you, you listed some of those things that we're being robbed of, this, those promises of God, the ability to walk in step with him, mm -hmm. what that looks like to have him working in our, in our daily lives. Right, just to hear his voice. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me ask this question. When we're in a state of, of being robbed and this this kind of sin nature that we're in, mm -hmm. we don't actually realize without the renewing of our minds how to, to free ourselves or enlighten our minds to the reality of God's word. And, and we're just living in this mindset where we're being kind of perpetually robbed, whether we recognize it or not. How, how is that affecting our ability to live out a victorious life in Christ? Well, I think we accept those things. We accept those things that are on us or in front of us or those things that make us victim, we accept it as this is just how it is, or this is just my burden to bear. When honestly, if something is out of alignment with the word, we need to speak to that. We need to bring Holy Spirit into that and let him just wreck that. We need to get in our word and know what we have access to so we can claim it for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Like, how do we how do we get away from accepting that? So you're saying that we should pray, we should get close to the Holy Spirit, we should we should study our words. Yeah, and speak to it. Just speak to it and say, "No, you have no place here." So you mean like to actually use your voice to actually say those words out, out loud? Absolutely. To say them out loud and to mean them. 
um, it's important to use your voice. It's why the enemy is always trying to silence us because okay, but, vo- there's power. Okay, but I kind of feel dumb when I when I do that. Like, do I do I look in the mirror and say it? Do I do I say it to myself as I'm driving my car? Like, like how how does that how does that actually look? <laughs> I know, I know. What everybody says that too. I feel so. I feel weird. It feels awkward. That's your enemy. And so you have to stand up to that enemy and say, no, like, I don't care how I feel. I know there's power in the word and I'm going to speak that word like it's a bullet. I'm going to speak that word with power and release it into my atmosphere so it'll explode those things coming after me. I thought it was really interesting how you brought the synagogue experience into light. (laughs) The modern Christian church certainly does follow a format, which I think is good. And I also think some of it's, you know, bad and and (laughs) some some of it can be a little challenging. And so often, and especially for those who have spent any significant time in the church, we start to think that our model of the church experience (laughs) has always been the model of church. Like you show up, you you drink some bad coffee, (laughs) you listen to some worship music, then uh, a a pastor will teach to collect a tithe and then then we go home. I used to think that too, actually. I I thought that for the longest time and and I did some research and just, you know, looking things up and, and digging deep. And I learned actually that, you know, the temple is for worship and, and that's what worship was for. But in Jesus' day, the synagogue wasn't like our typical church service. Uh, the synagogue was a place, it wasn't like where people just, like you said, church service, like I'm going to come here, I'm going to sing some songs, I'm going to learn some Torah, I'm going to leave. It, it wasn't about that. The synagogue was more like um, like a hostel, like a youth hostel, or like like the YMCA, mm-hmm. what that used to be. Um, like the food pantry at our church. It was it was a place where people who had a need, they just went there. They just went and gathered there. They just kind of showed up. And I love that in the middle of that, Jesus just starts teaching. Like, Can you imagine going to Walmart and there's somebody there just teaching? Yeah, I just love this idea of the synagogue being a gathering place for people with need. Yeah. And, and you said in your message... And that's where Jesus was. Exactly. He's with the people. Those people had a need. He knew it. And he he is Jesus. He's there to meet their need. Yeah. And not only did he know it, but that's what's interesting about the synagogue experience is they knew it. Yeah. The people that were there knew that they needed something. Right. And they gathered at a place where they knew they could get something. Doesn't that just put a whole new light on the heart of Jesus? Knowing that? Yeah, it does. Like, he wants to be, like, he he told his mom, he said, I'm going to be in my father's house. Yeah. And in his father's house is a collection of people who have a need. Right. And he came to serve. And he's there to serve these people, the lowliest of the low. I mean, these are the people who, they do have a need. So there's some, you know, quote unquote, shame in there. There's some um, desperation. There's hunger. And he's there to feed his people. You know, you're there to, to get something, what, whatever that thing might be. Maybe, like you said, maybe it's a food pantry. Maybe somebody needs a shower. Maybe, you know, like the YMCA or, or something. You know, maybe it's a hostel. Somebody needs a bed to sleep on. Maybe somebody just needs a, a hand to hold or a shoulder to cry on. And Jesus is there undoubtedly participating, <laughs> you know, help, doing the thing that, that, that he can do right. to be a part of that. And then out of that came teaching and healing and revelation 
and all of these things that, that Jesus wanted to bring, he went to the people who, who not just had the need, but the people who recognized they had a need. I think that's so important because oftentimes we, we go, oh, I, I, don't, I don't have a need for that. And Jesus said, I didn't, I didn't come for those who, who thought they had, right. who thought they had it. I came for those who know they don't. Right. And what I love about that too, is those people are showing up with an expectation. Like I have this need or a hope at least, like I have this need and I expect, or at least I have a seed of hope that this need is going to be met. Right. It was just like the paralytic who is at the gate. Yeah. And he looks up at Peter and he's like, silver and gold have I not, such as I have give I unto thee, rise up and walk. But the Bible says that he, like, he actually, like he looked to him expecting to receive something. Right. Can you imagine that? I mean, he might have even had his hand out. Like, hey, like, here's my hand. Here's my little cup. You know, he might have, where they could reach back to him and and give him Jesus. Right. It was like they were reaching up their hand. Like, ex- he was expecting an alms. The Bible says, like, an alms, yes. like some money. Yes. And instead of putting money in his hand, Peter just puts his hand in his hand. Gave him ultimate provision. <laughs> you know, it's not about the money. That's not going to provide for you. But what I have will. And I, I know we're talking about a different situation where Jesus is at the synagogue, but I just right. kind of see it in that same in that same light because obviously his disciples were going to behave like they were taught because they were good disciples. So they're going right. to they're going to do as they were taught. And they had obviously seen this modeled for mm-hmm. them. And where would they have seen this modeled in any greater way than at a synagogue? A synagogue. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's such an awesome idea about who God is and how he behaved in his earth suit right. while, while he was here among, here among us. And how he searches you out. Like, he searched, he searched out, he sought out the synagogues. He went to the synagogues to, to heal and to preach and to teach and to just be among the people. He sought them out. And I just think it's such a, a beautiful picture of the heart of Jesus just seeking you out. He knows you have a need and he's showing up. He's showing up and he's untwisting exactly. these twisted believers. Exactly. So the message is called Twisted Christian. Twisted it w- Christian. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, you can hear it uh, on our YouTube broadcast and we'll have the link included below in the description here. But we hope we really hope that you'll enjoy it. Tanya, thanks for taking some time to talk with us. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Tower, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. There's no one